Um, okay. All right, we are, we are in Genesis. Like the past few weeks we've been in Genesis. Yes, Luke, I'll let you act it out. You can come stand here. Last week, Luke read, last week, Luke read and, and I acted it out, but this time I'm going to read and Luke's going to act out our passage. Okay? Today, we're going to be talking about gardeners. Anyone know a gardener in their life? Someone who likes the garden? We're not really re- yeah, that's fine. Sorry, uh-huh. sorry. Anyone know a gardener? Okay. Well, we're going to be talking about gardeners and, and how they impact our lives. Okay? Alright, and, and that'll make more sense in a little bit. We're, we're going to read, um, it's going to be a little, cause there's, we're going to read a lot, kind of. <laughs> we're going to read a lot of different passages today. Um, so I'm going to read a few verses from Genesis 2, okay, and then I'm going to read some verses from Genesis 3, but I'll kind of sum up in between what's going on, okay? So last week, remember, we talked about God creating everything, and then God specifically creating mankind in his image, okay? And we talked about kind of what that, a little bit about what that means, but remember what I say, what I've said the past few weeks, we can talk about something today for 15 or 20 minutes, but then go home and read it, because you can learn so much more the more you read it, too, okay? We're not going to cover everything that God has to say. Um, from his, from these passages, just in this small moment, in this little time, okay? So, he created Adam and Eve, or he created mankind. I'm going to, soon, very soon. And then, God gives them, God gives Adam a, a purpose, kind of, okay? And this is, this is what God says, uh, to Adam, in verse, in chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. The Lord, the Lord God took the man, yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm reading now. The Lord God took the man and put him in. You can, yeah, you go ahead, Gio. Okay. The, all right. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, to work it, and to keep it. Okay. So God put God put the man in the, in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, "You may surely eat of every tree of the garden." But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Alright? So, Luke, yeah, come here. We're going to summarize that real quick. So God puts, God puts Adam in this garden and he says, Adam, your job is to take care of this garden. Okay? To take care of it. To be a gardener of sorts. Alright? And then he gives them like these, these kind of guidelines to follow. He says, you can eat of every tree, but there's one tree that you can't eat of, eat of. Because if you eat from that tree, what happens? You die. Good. All right. So then Adam, Adam, and then God creates, God kind of puts Adam to sleep and then creates Eve, this woman, out of Adam's rib. And now there's Adam and Eve and they're, and there's both, and there's, there's both, there's both Adam and there's Eve there. I don't know what happened. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so Adam and Eve, they're in the garden, okay? But then, but then something happens, right? God gives Adam, he says, take care of this garden, be the gardener, and, and he gives him the instructions, don't eat from this one, you can eat from any tree, but don't eat from this one tree. And then there's the serpent, the snake, okay? And the serpent kind of tricks Eve and says, did God really tell you not to eat of this tree? Right? And, and they're talking to one another, and the serpent says, no, God doesn't want you to eat from this tree, because if you eat of this tree, he knows that you will be like him. You'll, you'll like know everything like him. You'll be like God. And Eve believes the serpent and she takes a bite of this fruit. And then Eve goes to Adam and she's like, Adam, you gotta, you gotta eat this. Like we can, we can be like God. And then Adam eats this fruit. What God told him not to do. 
Okay, he eats of this tree. And then, right then, when they do this thing that God tells them not to do, do you know what happens? They're all yeah, they're kicked out of the garden. Okay? And good. And they're they're ashamed, okay? They feel shame because they're naked and they realize that they're naked and they feel shame. And before that they didn't good. He kinda huddled in the corner a little bit, like hiding. That was good. And he was he was feeling yeah, he's coming back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exiled and you're feeling ashamed. Good. Okay. Embarrassed, ashamed, okay? And they feel these things that they didn't that they didn't feel before. There's these consequences, okay, that happen. And then in John three, um, and God gives these consequences to the serpent, okay? He says to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field, on your belly you shall go. And and you shall eat dust. Find some dust. All, all the days of your life. Good. But then because because Adam and Eve disobey God, there's also some consequences that God gives to them. Okay, and this is what it says in these are the consequences that God gives to Adam and Eve in verses sixteen through nineteen. Okay? To the woman, to Eve, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And then to Adam, he gives these consequences. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Pain, painful though. Pain, take a painful bite. Good. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. Good. For you are dust. For you are dust. And to dust you shall return. No. Return to dust. You, yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, so there's these, there's these consequences that happen. All right, thank you, Luke. That's good. That's good. All right. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, but then we're going to talk about Adam and Adam being a gardener. Okay, that was kind of what he was. He was a gardener. He was put in this, gar- in this garden to take care of it. So let's pray, and then we'll talk about Adam as a gardener. God, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for, for uh, your word, and that is it is alive. Um, even just as we see... It acted out, and, and as we get to enjoy uh, this time together, would you make uh, yourself real to us? Um, would you would you make us realize that you are alive and that you are living and that you are here right now, and you desire to know us and you desire for us to know you? We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. All right. Um, one one time in high school, my uncle, he and aunt, they have two children, my cousins. All right, they were going away on a trip, and they're like, Hey, Silas. Can you come take care of our dog? It was for like three, two days, okay? And they said, Silas, can you come take care of our dog? He was like, yeah, because this is good. I'm going to put you in charge of my dog, all right? And I was like, um, Uncle Kerr, I don't really, I don't, I was like, I never really had a dog. And he's like, no, it's easy, okay? Come take, come take care of my dog. You just got to like let it out, walk it, that kind of stuff. I never had a dog before, okay? So I show up to his home and I stay at his house and I'm taking care of his dog. I don't really know how to take care of a dog. So I, I like let it outside. There's a, there's a fence. Okay. So the dog like runs around. I don't know. And I'm like, okay, come back inside. And then they like gated around the kitchen because they're like the dog can just stay in the kitchen. So you don't have to like for like when you leave the house and stuff. And overnight, I guess the dog slept in the kitchen too. I think still. Maybe I'm still confused about what I was supposed to do. But I left the dog in the kitchen overnight. And I don't know if I like didn't take 
uh, Lola, the dog, like out enough before like nighttime. But I woke up in the morning and I was like, I, I walk like a little bit downstairs and something smelled a little bit. Okay. And I walk a little further and the smell is just getting stronger. And it's a Sunday morning and I need to get to church. And so I'm already kind of like rushing and I walk into the kitchen and the dog did its business. Number one and number two. Right on the floor in the kitchen. And I was just shocked. I was like, what just happened? Did I, did I do something wrong? Okay, I share that story to tell you that my uncle put me in charge of this, but I was really bad at doing, at taking care of what my uncle put me in charge of, right? He was like, hey, take care of my dog. And I guess it like lived, but it probably didn't live happily for a weekend. Okay. And I, I think I share that story because there's some things that we're just not, we get put in charge of, right? You ever been put in charge of like a group project or something and, but you have no idea what you're doing. There's some things that we're just put in charge of that we are bad at, that we stink at, that we mess up. Okay. And I think that we kind of, we see that right here with Adam. Right? God puts Adam in this garden and God says to Adam, take care of this garden. Right? Right in verse 15, the Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. He put him there to work it, to keep it, to take care of it. But, and then he gives Adam these, this kind of, this one, one regulation. Okay, this one rule. He says you can eat of every tree except for this one tree. That was the only rule that he had. And was Adam good at taking care of this garden and of following God's rules? What'd you say? Was he good at the garden part? Maybe, I don't know. But really, he, he wasn't good at it, right? He took of this, he took of this fruit. He broke this one rule that God had given to him. Adam thought, Adam thought that he knew better. He thought that he knew better than God. And so he took this fruit and he did not do a good job at the job that he was supposed to do, right? And, and I, this is, this is actually what we call sin, okay? Sin is, is when we disobey God, or even a lot of times, sin is when we think that we know better than God, when we put ourselves or other things in the place of God. And that's what Adam does, right? He listens to Eve instead of God. He listens to his, himself instead of God. He thinks that he knows better than what God has told him. And that, that's what we call sin. And there's two things when we look at Adam and him being a gardener and him not, him not being a very good gardener. He's kind of a bad, bad gardener didn't really do his job correctly. There's, there's consequences actually of sin, okay? Right? Does anyone remember what happens right, right away when Adam eats this fruit? What happened? Luke. I remember what Luke did. Huh? They got kicked out of this garden, right? And what else? What did they feel? Shame. Yeah, they were ashamed, right? They, they, there were consequences right away. Right when they put themselves in the place of God in the sin, there were consequences. They felt shame. There was separation from God in that, in that relationship that they had. They had to hide. They went and hid, actually. They hid, and they thought they could hide from God. So sin, there's consequences of sin. There's pain. There's strife. There's shame. Okay? It's, there's difficult. And even in the end, does anyone remember what God says to Adam in, in the end? He says, By the sweat of your face you shall eat till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Does anyone know what that means? What? Stain is dust. What is that? What does that mean? Nothing. Close. What God is saying is that now there's death. Before, before it was just life, but now because of sin, there's death. Death has entered the world. God made Adam out of dust, and He says, "Into dust you will return." 
There'll be no more. There's death now. So death is a consequence of sin. Okay? Because Adam sinned and because he thought he knew better than God, he, Adam, and all of creation feel the consequences of it. Don't we feel the consequences of sin even today? Right? We all probably feel shame a lot of, uh, in different scenarios. We, we feel separation in relationships that we have, in our relationship to God. And even, and even death is prevalent, right? We probably, maybe, maybe some of you know someone who's passed away who, and it hurt really bad. It hurts. But even there's just, there's just death in relationships, like relationships end because there's fights, right? All these things are, are the consequences of sin. And that's not good, right? But Adam, Adam doesn't just show us, when we look at Adam in this passage, it doesn't just serve as an explanation for why our world is broken, right? It's not just like, oh, we look at Adam and we say, oh, that explains why everything's broken. But Adam, if we look at Adam and if we really look at him, honestly, we can look at Adam and we can see a mirror. We can all see a mirror into our own lives. When we look at Adam and we see how he sinned and how he put himself in the place of God, we can all look at our own lives and see how we sometimes put ourselves in the place of God. How we think that we know better than him. And actually the Bible says, the Bible says that for all have sinned. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Good Luke. Right. Uh-huh. But also it's not just like the Bible says that, but also that is probably a very real lived experience for all of us. Like if anyone, if we're all honest with ourselves, I'm sure that none of us feel perfect. That none of us can honestly say, yes, I'm perfect. I do everything right. But I know that there are probably all things that we know that we have done wrong, that have hurt other people or brought hurt on us because of our own, our own actions, right? Like it's not just the Bible says for all have sinned, but also it's, it's probably true in all of our lives if we're honest with ourselves. We can all say, yes, I've sinned. I've put myself in the place of God. I've thought, I've thought that I, I know better than him, right? And, and remember last week we talked about God, God places Adam in the garden to take care of the garden, right? That was, that was a big reason in verses 15. We see that. And remember last week we talked about being made in God's image and how part of being made in God's image, the responsibility with that is that we are to reflect his image to the world. That's like a, that's like being made in God's image. That's a responsibility that we have to reflect God's image to the world. But also none of us probably do that really amazingly, right? I mean, just think about the things that maybe you've said to your siblings today or to your parents, or to your friends, or even just the things you've thought today. Like, do those things, do, do, does everything that you've thought or said or done, even today, reflect God's image and his goodness? I know for me, no. And it's probably not true for, for all of us, right? We don't, actually, we don't actually reflect God's image well, because a lot of time we're looking to ourselves, or we think we know what's best, instead of trusting God and going to him. And because there's sin, because of our sin, there's death. All right? So we talk about Adam the gardener, okay? Adam the gardener. He's not a very great gardener because he doesn't do a great job as, he doesn't do a great job at his job that God has given to him. And when we think about all of our lives, we don't do a great job at our job of reflecting God's goodness to the world. We're not great gardeners. We're not great reflectors of God's image. All right? We don't trust him with everything. We are all sinful. But I think something, something in college that was really cool for me was that in one of my classes, we were talking about this, and one of my professors read a passage in John that tells us about a better gardener, a good gardener, a perfect gardener. Okay, I'm going to read that passage here 
Okay, this gardener does not sin. Okay, this gardener is perfect. It doesn't bring death, but this gardener actually brings life. Okay, I'm going to read. This is in John. It's chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. So this is in the New Testament. This is many, many years later that this is happening. All right, listen to this. John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. But Mary, Mary was some, one of Jesus, uh, one a woman who followed him and learned from him and, and went with him many places. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. This is Jesus's tomb after he was crucified and buried in this tomb. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, "Woman, why are you weeping?" She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And Mary, supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Isn't that so amazing? When I realized that just this little this little thing that happens here, where Mary mistakes Jesus for this gardener, because this tomb was, was kind of buried in this garden. That's where this tomb was located. And Mary doesn't recognize Jesus, but she says, she thinks that he's the gardener. And he says, I don't know where they buried my Lord Jesus, the one whom I, who I followed, who I love, who, I, who I'm trusting. And then she just says his name. And, and she realizes, this, is, this isn't just any regular gardener. This isn't just someone placed there in this garden to take care of the flowers and the crops or whatever's there. But this is Jesus, the one who she thought was dead, the one who she went to visit and find in a tomb, but instead he was alive and walking. Instead of bringing death and sin into a world, instead of being a mirror for us to look at and say, oh, I'm, I'm just like Adam, I'm, I'm broken. Jesus is one that we can look to and we can find life in. Jesus is the better gardener. You know, in, in the uh, New Testament, it says that God the Father has given all things into Jesus' hands. He's given all things into Jesus' hands, right, To take for Jesus to take care of. God gave Adam this garden to take care of, and Adam did a bad job. God gave Jesus all things to take care of, and what did Jesus do? He brought life instead of death. He was perfect. And just like all things, right, we're under the consequences. Our world is under just this consequence of sin and of death. But Jesus gives life. Jesus has defeated death, right? We can look at Adam and we can see our sin and we can see the consequences of our sin and we can see death. But if we look to Jesus, if we know Jesus, if we trust in Jesus, we can see him and we can see and know the life that he brings to us into the world forever, eternal life with him. I'm going to pray and then we're going to do something. Uh, we're not going to go into our, a little different today. So just stay here after I pray, all right?
Jesus, we thank you that you are the greater gardener, that um, you have been given all things and you take care of all things perfectly. We, our sin brings death. Our sin brings just all these negative consequences, these, this separation from you. But Jesus, you bring us life. You bring us abundant life. Help us to trust in you. And if we, if we have trusted in you, help us to trust you more. Help us to know this and believe this more and more. And if we haven't, help us to come to you for the first time and trust in you and, and walk with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.